Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And you know, one thing I always find about entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs rely a little bit on serendipity, and that's how I found today's guest. I was talking about a guest who has gone on an episode about four episodes ago, long before it even posted. I put a thing on Twitter that I had interviewed him, and this guy reached out and it was just a series of miscommunications. I thought he was talking to Sean. He thought he was talking to me back and forth. But I realized I clicked on his stuff and realized this guy, he isn't just an entrepreneur. One of his businesses, he calls himself Mr. Preneur. And I thought, oh, he's not just an entrepreneur. He is Mr. Preneur. And then he has a company that does delivery for laundry services called Cycle. And then in addition to that, in Richmond, Virginia, he owns the company that does bubble soccer. Now think about this. The people who wear the giant inflatable round balls where your feet stick out the bottom and you get to run really hard at each other and you go boom and you roll sideways and all around. It looks like a broken neck waiting to happen, but you're surrounded by a big bubble. He owns that business also. And so I thought, you know what? I got to have this guy on the show because he's doing all kinds of things and he's Mr. Preneur. So in addition to just cool things entrepreneurs do, today we're going to find out cool things Mr. Preneur does. So Sam Anderson, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, Tom. Glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about your businesses. All right. So I've, I've dubbed myself a serial entrepreneur. Ultimately, what that means is that I can't maintain focus long enough to focus on one. So my first company is uh, Richmond Bubble Soccer. Just like you just described, you wear those huge bubble suits, you're playing full contact soccer. An absolute blast. If you've never tried it before, it is a must. So I've seen uh, this thing popping up around the country, but you've got the the, the, the business in the RVA there. Tell me, tell me how that started. So it was a business part. My business partner for that company, um, we were actually down in in North Carolina and actually saw an event taking place with bubble soccer. We immediately looked at each other. We didn't have to say anything. And we both knew at that moment, like, this is it. We have to bring this to Richmond. So it was just as simple as us doing our research, ordering the merchandise uh, overseas from China, which is the only place at the time you could get uh, the bubble soccer equipment, slapped up a website, started doing some marketing. Within the first two weeks, we had our first customers coming in. So, so how do you describe these? These are like big six foot round inflatable balls with like a tube in the middle where your body goes. Yeah, a lot of people describe them as hamster balls, human hamster, hamster balls. Human hamster balls. <laughs> It's a combination of soccer and sumo wrestling is probably the best way to describe it. So you're kicking a ball around and plowing into each other. And when you get bounced into, you roll upside down and fly around. Then you get back up and you kick the ball. Absolutely. You, you see some insane hits, but I've never seen someone that didn't get up laughing hysterically. Like you're fully protected. You're strapped in um, with a harness. So... It's an absolute blast. You don't have to worry about getting injured. So you guys saw this going on and you decided to start your own and you started bubble soccer there in the RVA. So tell me, how is the business done? How long has it been going? What are you, what's exciting about it? It's been going great. So we actually just passed our one year anniversary two months ago. Um, so it's always an accomplishment to get your first year of business under your belt. Um, but it's just been fantastic because we've, we've had a lot of press, uh, magazines, uh, newspapers, uh, news stories, website articles like there's just been a lot of talk about this business here in richmond so that's been the most exciting thing we have some awesome things in the works we're actually looking to see 
My business partner, if you put helium inside the bubbles, <laughs> that they will float to some degree with a, with a human that's below 200 pounds. So we're actually <laughs> going to go to one of those jumpology sites and test this out and see if we can take bubble soccer airborne. Great, um, great. That's just what I need to be is in a helium bubble and start floating across the, across the city. <laughs> it's a story you'll be able to tell for the rest of your life, Tom. <laughs> well, fortunately, I'm over 200 pounds, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so that's one of your businesses. So what are the other two? Yep, that's the first. Uh, my next one is Cycle, uh, spelled C-Y-C-U-L. So we're a valley delivery laundry service uh, in the Richmond area. So that company basically started my business partner, Jeremy DeMeo, who's actually in the room with me right now looking at me kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so, so we can't say bad stuff about him? We cannot say bad stuff about him. He's actually going to listen to this podcast. Um, um, <laughs> he's had a successful model here in the Charlottesville area, um, starting out with UVA students primarily, um, and had this business plan for about six or seven years. And he had been wanting to expand to the Richmond area. I guess he saw some of the content I was putting out and said, you know, um, you know, I think you may be the right person for me to partner up with and kind of take this brand um, to the Richmond area. So at first it was kind of a joke. Like we joked around for about a year about it. Um, and then the conversation got a little bit more serious Ended up coming up to a site in Charlottesville and uh, doing my research, seeing the margins in the business and, and seeing the need for it in the Richmond area and said, absolutely, this is phenomenal business plan. So, But the biggest thing I want people to get with that business is that, you know, we're like the the Uber of laundry. You know, what Uber has gotten great at is Uber doesn't sell you a car service. They sell you your time back. And that's exactly what we're doing with laundry. We found that most families are spending up to 25 hours within a month's time just focused on laundry. So, you know, as a family man, as a businessman, as, you know, whatever it is that you want to do in life, what could you do with another full day each month? Um, and that's where we're focused on is getting time back to our customers. Hey, and we were just talking with my kids. I have an 18-year-old and a 13-year-old. And I said, you know, you don't have to know how to do every single skill as long as there's someone you can outsource it to. You know, there's sometimes that that's the best option. So people are actually turning over. It's not just dry cleaning. This is actually like washing my undies and my socks and the whole thing. Yep. No, absolutely. So, yeah, we we do not do dry cleaning. It's just your everyday laundry. So your socks, underwear, T-shirts, all that kind of stuff. Um but the but the biggest thing is now in today's world time is the new currency. You know, you don't have to be uber wealthy to have, you know, one reason I do group training at my gym is it's not that I have an insane amount of money and I can just throw money away on personal trainers and things like that. It's that I don't have to take the time to develop my own workouts now. I pop in, somebody already has everything laid out for me and I'm out of there in 45 minutes and I got a great workout. And this is just the way that the marketplace is shifting. Everybody's going to be outsourcing the majority of their services. Excellent. So then your third business is the one I was making fun of as I kind of brought you in here that you are Mr. Preneur. So tell us yeah. what tell us what Mr. Preneur is all about. Well, it's actually so it's four brands that I manage but it's three companies. So the third company is actually Anderson Consulting. So with that, um, I came up with a new term we call ourselves business curators. So what that means is that we connect uh, individuals with professionals and organizations on the back end. So we do everything from website design, videography, photography, uh, social media management. Everything's really geared towards that startup entrepreneur because it's just in the same boat I was when I started these companies, you know, I don't have six, seven, eight thousand dollars to throw towards a website. So we can build a website for someone as low as 500 bucks and obviously it goes uh, upwards from there. But we wanted to show people that, you know, you can get these great services for a price that's not going to break the bank. Um, so it's really geared towards that startup entrepreneur. But the Mr.preneur brand I made separate. It's still a, a component of Anderson Consulting. So the Mr.preneur is really focused on my public speaking, 
Uh, recently just released my first book uh, that's called You Can't Afford Me, How to Build a Business While Working Full-Time. So the Mistpreneur brand, I have a vlog that we do with that. We have a web series called Mistpreneur TV. Uh, the tagline for that is Three Entrepreneurs, No Rules. And short of Shark Tank, there's really no business content out there with an entertainment value to it. So it's myself and two other entrepreneurs, and we discuss business in a way that people can walk away with tips and action plans for their companies, um, but at the same time be entertained. Um, so it's a phenomenal brand. It's been growing like crazy. We're extremely excited about what we're doing. We're actually doing a college tour now with uh, the Mr. Power TV brand. Uh, we were recently at VCU for an event, and the next two universities were lined up to do our Virginia State University and my alma mater, Longwood University. Excellent. So, Sam, you're doing a lot of things. You've got a lot, a lot of stuff going on in that entrepreneurial world. What led you to becoming an entrepreneur? I mean, were you born this way? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> things just kind of got to the point, you know, when you start hanging out with certain people and reading certain things, your mindset just changes. And I'd never been a big reader in my entire life. But one of the first books someone put in my hand and forced me to read was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was like for the first time I was I was seeing, um, you know, the system that we're born into that we're told, you know, go to school, get a good education, get a good job, you know, work for the same company for 40, 50 years and, and die happy. That system just doesn't exist anymore. Um, so I, I started to see a lot of frustrations where, you know, you're working for a boss where you know you could be doing the job a lot better or, or maybe not even that, but you see there's some areas that they're not willing to grow or maybe some of their values just don't line up with what it is that you want to accomplish in life. Um, one of the biggest breaking points for me was, you know, I'm always looking at ways in my life that I can contribute and add value to other people. And the last CEO I worked for, I wanted to join the Big Brother Big Sister program. And I worked well over 40 hours a week, and he would not allow me the time to leave for an hour out of each week to go be a big brother in the community. And I said, you know what, that, that's the last straw. And I don't feel like you know, going through applications again and finding another organization, I'm going to run into the same problems. There's nothing that, that stops me from being able to go out and generate my own income. So at the time, I didn't know what it would be. Um, I just kept my eyes open, but I knew at that point I had to work for myself. So what do you absolutely love now that you're doing that? What do you love about working for yourself? The biggest thing I love about working for myself is the the opportunity I have to serve others. There is nothing like leaving a stage after doing a talk and having someone come up to you and say, you know what, these thoughts have been in the back of my mind for a while and I've been fearful of, of making that commitment and that step. But what you presented to us today absolutely gave me the courage to go out and do what I need to do. Thank you for that. You know, that's, that's a huge thing. You know, even with, you know, a company like Cycle, you know, you look at it on the front and think it's all about laundry. But the fact that we give people the opportunity to get time back, I mean, that's your most valuable asset ever. Um, so to be able to do something like that where one of our first customers that we had for Cycle, a mother came to us after her first week of service. And she shot us this long email saying, you know, I just have to thank you guys. She's like, this is the first time in three years. She's like, we were able to take the kids to a theme park. We went to a baseball game. And me and my husband had a date night for the first time in two years. She said, I had absolutely no idea how much time laundry was taking up in our lives. Um, <laughs> so you, you enabled us to do that. Like, I, I can't ever thank you enough. It's, it's things like that that you're able to do when you control your own destiny that you can't do in a system working for somebody else. And I, and I don't ever want it to sound like I'm bashing, um, you know, employment. You know, you can absolutely find your passion and do what your calling is in life by working for someone else just for 
just for me, that that wasn't in the cards. So did you have role models along the way? Were, you, were your parents entrepreneurs? you have an uncle or a neighbor or somebody who inspired you? Or did you sort of have to find your own way to where you are? Really finding my own way. You know, I grew up in, in a family where I actually dropped out along with university my junior year. I was majoring in business and realized, you know, even then I realized I wanted to own my own business and they weren't teaching me how to own a business. They were teaching me how to work for another business. Um, but my dad's been a pastor since the day I was born. So I come from a real blue collar family. Um, education's real big. My dad just received his doctorate. Um, I believe my sister's working on her master's degree now. So I was really black sheep when it came to education, but everybody, you know, had that mindset where you go find a good company to work for. Um, and it just, I just saw way more to life than doing that. Like, there is so much more that you can accomplish in a full week versus just giving away your time, like trading your time for dollars. So we talked about what you love about this lifestyle. Come on. Is there anything you don't like about being an entrepreneur? Are there any times you look at your dad and say, I could be a pastor. I could have like, I could like work in a church and just be there for like 30 years. What am I doing? <laughs> no, no, that <laughs> never crosses my mind. Um, the The greatest thing about being an entrepreneur is also one of the worst things about being an entrepreneur is you are 100% in control. Um, so if the checks aren't coming in, if the bills aren't paid, you have nobody to look at but yourself. Um, so the ceiling, the capability that you have to earn an income and, and affect amazing change is absolutely there when you're the CEO of your life. But um, it's also very scary because there have been plenty of times where, you know, it's like, oh, man, we're eating ramen noodles this week because uh, <laughs> the checks aren't coming in. And and really assessing what it is that you're doing and making sure that you're going out and, and doing everything possible that you can. So, Sam, I've got some more questions for you. But first, I've got to thank our sponsor. So this episode was brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to assure that you sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Sam Anderson. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things for an offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Sam, what advice do you have for people who are listening right now to this show who are thinking, oh my God, he is singing my language. I'm working for this company. I, I, I feel stuck. My ladder's against the wrong wall. I want to be like Sam. What advice do you have? R the first thing I say to people is really sit down and think about what it is that you want. Uh, one of my favorite vloggers of all time is a guy by the name of Casey Neistat. And one of the quotes that he says that always resonates with me is to figure out what it is that you want to do in life, do a job that you absolutely hate. Mop floors, wash dishes, whatever it is. You will spend every waking moment at that job thinking about what it is that you really want to do. And I think back to when I, I worked at a factory working like 13, 14 hours. And every moment I was there, I was like, man, I do not want to be doing this for the next 30 years. What is it? What is my purpose? What is my calling? Um, but it's really making that leap, making a decision. You really don't know until you're in it, but it's one of the scariest things you'll ever do. When I quit my job, I had the highest paying job I'd ever had in my career. And I left, have absolutely no, no idea where the next paycheck was coming from, but things just fall into place. The universe has a way of just creating a path for people who are determined and know what they want in life. Um, so my, my advice to them is if you jump, the net will find you. It will absolutely find you. So be willing to take that jump, but also understand that, you know, the preparation is key. You know, if you're, <laughs> I don't want to sound hard, but if you're an idiot and you don't know what you're doing 
and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go out and be an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is a real sexy term now. Like people think being an entrepreneur is cool. Like if I said ten years ago I was an entrepreneur, like people just thought you were broke. Now it's sexy <laughs> to be an entrepreneur. But well, because now if you go on the web, you want to be like Mister Panure because <laughs> he's cool. I've watched the show. I've watched the videos. The videos of Mister Panure. You guys are cool. Well, I'm telling you, this is why. So this is why I have a daily vlog. So people can go on my website. They can go on my YouTube page. They can go on my Facebook page, and they can see I record on a day to day basis what it is that I do. So I show what I'm doing from 5 a.m. to 11, 11 p.m. when I'm shutting down because I want people to fully understand, like, if you're not willing to commit this much to your dream, then you're not meant to be an entrepreneur. Like, don't get caught in the hype and think that, you know, you're going to work, you know, four or five hours a day and make a six-figure income. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Um, you got to be willing to put in the time. So how important do you think for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and people who are trying to build their own way in this world, how important do you think networking is? Oh, it's, <laughs> I, I set aside probably five to six hours a week just to network. Um, it's all about the connections that you can develop. You know, it's insane the reach that you have with people in today's world. Like, for instance, like, Tom, you and I didn't know each other, you know, a week ago. And from one simple tweet, a guy in Richmond, Virginia was able to connect with someone in in Texas who has their own podcast, and here we are today. Um, Networking is an amazingly powerful thing. The most business I've gotten for all of my companies hasn't come from, you know, my social media marketing or any direct branding that I've done. It's been from the people that I've known. You know, if you treat people right and you do the right things – People, others will be your biggest salesman. And we discovered we knew someone in common. I don't know if you looked on on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, but you're not the first person from Richmond, Virginia, who's been on this podcast. So sorry, somebody beat you to it. And that was Dr. Bob Nolly from Labrador Leadership. He and I actually did a simulcast podcast. We interviewed each other and then we both released the same show uh, on both of our podcasts on the same day. So he, when I was introducing you and I kept referring to the RVA. That was how he referred to Richmond. So I thought I wanted to be in the know. I wanted to sound like a local. So I picked up a little of Bob's vernacular and was calling it the RVA. There you go. You're, you're dubbed a, a local now. That, that's I great. Met, I met Bob through networking. So I was doing a talk um, for this organization called One Million Cups and Bob just happened to be in the audience. Um, he liked the content that I spoke about and he ran up to me after, after my talk and said, hey, I've got this podcast. Love for you to be on it. I wasn't out there. There's no way that that connection would have happened. I don't know what one million cups is, but I think that's what we called my college career. One million cups of beer. <laughs> I, I think that's how we referred to my college experience. That's how, my, mine probably would have been closer to two million cups. <laughs> so I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Sam, what is the coolest thing you're doing with your businesses right now? You know, for me, I, mean, I love content. I love putting out great content. So for me, Video is king right now in today's world, and a lot of businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs are missing out on that. The coolest thing for me, I actually think, is my daily vlog. I love doing that. On a day-to-day basis, I'm filming what we're doing. You know, you get to see my business partners. You get to see the work that we're putting in, um, and it really showcases people. It's not to be braggadocious or, or show off anything, but it's to educate other people and show them this is what it takes to build an empire. Um, but it's just really cool being able to show like this side of things that my my original thought when I started the vlog was, you know, too many people, we have all these end stories. Like, you know, you can look at Oprah Winfrey and a Mark Cuban and, and people like this, a Steve Jobs, and you see the end story. 
but we never really got to walk through this process with them. You know, obviously we can go back and get the backstory, but we never actually got to see these things. So I put this vlog in places because five years from now, when I'm on the cover of Inc. Magazine, wink, wink, um, people will be able to go back and look at my vlog from five years ago and say, oh, that's where that guy started. So he just wasn't lucky. This is the work that he put in. Um, so, so, so the video content that we're putting out, I think, is the coolest thing by far. And that's actually a fascinating point that you bring up because oftentimes we look at these people who are uber successful and they're just crushing it in everything that they do, whether it's you know Oprah or Mark Cuban or Gary Vee or whoever it is. And people say, oh, I want to be like them. And they try to emulate what that person is doing now and it doesn't mm-hmm. work for them and they, they can't figure out why. And it's like, well, because that's what that person is doing as a millionaire and a billionaire exactly. with a brand that is totally recognizable – what did they do 10 years ago? And is that even replicable or relevant in today's world? You know, I'm always – all these people who got famous when sort of Twitter came out, people are like, oh, I want to do that. Well, you can't go get famous on Twitter now. I mean I guess you could, yeah. but it's not the same path that someone like you know, a Chris Brogan or someone else took when Twitter was a new thing. So we often forget that A, what those people do today isn't what they did when they started, and the world has changed so rapidly. So I oh, do think it's I do think it's kind of cool to be able to, you know, chronicle some of that now so that when, you know, Inc magazine puts you on that cover, uh, we can say, "Oh, but look at look at the crap he had to put up with." You know, he had to be on cool things entrepreneurs do. Oh you know, yeah, before- that's where I, we're going to go back and look at this, and that's where the big break came when, when I was talking to Tom. Man, I, I'm telling you, I'm sure. In fact, I'm <laughs> sure it's this show. There's somebody listening right now who will bring you right to the top. And uh, when you're on when you're on Shark Tank, will you please get Barbara Cochran to agree to be on this show? Because she's one of two people who've ever turned me down. Oh wow, yes, I will definitely lock Barbara down. I can't believe she did that. I Barbara, know, I know, Barbara. If you're listening, we're, we're going to. That, that's exactly right. So we could talk about Sam Anderson and all the things that you're doing all day long. But I think the best entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask the guests on this show, who is someone else out there that you see where you say, wow, they're doing cool stuff? Man, you already mentioned them. Gary Vaynerchuk is killing it. Dude, I love Gary V. Um, to be quite honest, everything, I built an entire department with our social media for Anderson Consulting. I built everything based off the teachings of Gary Vaynerchuk. Except you haven't dropped the F-bomb once on my show, so you're a little different. I haven't different. dropped the F-bomb once because, and Gary V even points this out, he knows that he's secluding an audience that he could be reaching by, you know, the foul tone that he uses. So, you know, my goal right now is I want to get my message out to as many people, and it's not so that Sam Anderson can reach the next level. I want to help as many people as I can. So what do you love about Gary Vee? I like Gary, too. I've actually met him a couple of times, and, and he's a nice guy. What do you love oh, about man. him? I, I, one of my goals is to be on the Ask Gary Vee show, but I, I love how he's raw, how – and this is what one thing about Gary Vee that I try to emulate as a person is that he doesn't withhold information. So many people now are afraid that, you know, if I tell you how to do X, Y, and Z, you're not going to hire me for this service. Well, that's absolutely backwards thing in today's world. People want you to provide them with the context, and then they'll use your services or product. Um, you know, I, I could go on and tell people how to, and I'm actually about to create a, a quick ebook on this as well, but how to increase your following and reach on Instagram. Now I'm going to lay it out point by point and show people step by step exactly what they need to do. Nine times out of 10, people that read that content aren't going to, aren't going to commit to that level of, of product. They're not going to consistently put out that information. Um, so more than likely they're going to be willing to hire a company like Anderson consultant to come in there and manage that stuff for them. Um, but Gary V is, is, is so open with 
how he's built um, his businesses and his companies and, you know, it's, it's taken him to the next level because he's been so open about that. Excellent. So the other question I always ask people, because I think in addition to being great observers, I think that entrepreneurs want to leave a mark that's bigger than just making money. So definitely, what is it that you do to give back to the greater good as, as you're building your businesses? Yeah, I have a philosophy that you should either be giving of your time or your money. And once you reach a certain level, you're able to do both. So for me right now, with three or four different brands, I'm having to shovel a lot of money back into my companies. Um, so for me, it's very important to make sure that I give of my time. Um, so I've become a, uh, I mentioned to you before, after I, after I left that company, um, the first thing I did was I became a big brother in the big brother, big sister program. Uh, so I have a little brother that I meet with on a weekly basis. Um, I, I volunteer for a great organization called Junior Achievement, um, which I come into um, classrooms and I speak to um, students about you know, maintaining their ethics, you know, how it is that I do what I do, um, you know, really trying to inspire them and shed some light on them and really focusing on what it is that you do uh, professionally, where your skill set lies. There's some of that that you can give away. So for some companies I've gone in, I've done some free videos for them just to help them uh, create their content and, and have a bigger reach with their um, potential customers. Speaking engagements, I'll go into some organizations and do free talks. You know, obviously, I always want to get paid for that stuff. But, you know, when you're giving to others, it really takes you to the next level. You feel so much better about yourself. I don't care what struggles that you're dealing with on a day to day basis. If you go out and help somebody, your your problems are really put into perspective. Um, so anytime we can, we we try to uh, give back to others. There are some campaigns with Cycle now that we're doing where um, for each nonprofit, uh, we partner up with them. And every new customer that they bring back to us, we donate a, a portion of the um, profits back to their nonprofit organization. So it's a great way for them to do some fundraising activities as well. So the larger I get, the larger our brands move, the more we want to find ways to help out others in our community. Well, and I always talk to people about the fact that you're smart not to wait till you're rich. So many people say, oh, I'm going to wait till my brands are huge and then I'm going to give back. Oh, it's too late then. Well, I mean, two things. One is you haven't made the, you haven't flexed that muscle and strengthened that habit. And the second thing is, is that you don't have to be rich to have a real impact on, on a charity or on people. It just takes little consistent efforts throughout time. We have a deal that we created years ago when I started speaking professionally. We gave just a little bit of a percentage of every speaking fee that I got. We gave it to two different funds at children's hospitals for research for children born with cranial facial abnormalities because our daughter had to have her skull rebuilt when she was a baby. And it's added up now over years to over $50,000 between the two, between the two charities, between what we've given and what some of my clients have donated and, and some other stuff. And it's growing beyond that. And and people are like, well, Tom, you're not rich. You don't come from a family that has their name on the wall of a hospital. How did you create these endowments? And I said I did $50, $100, $250, just little teeny bits every time. But, you know, four or 500 speeches later and eight years down the road of doing this type of stuff, all of a sudden it has added up. And so I call it compounded generosity. Because we learn so much about the power of compounded interest that if you start saving when you're young, you're going to have this big nest egg when you retire. And it's that magic of time adding, you know, compounding it over, over and over and over again. Well, the same thing is true with your generosity. You don't have to do major things. You don't have to be like Zuckerberg and give billions of dollars away. You just have to give consistently over time. And the compounding of your time and your money and the good vibes that you put into your community, all of a sudden you look around one day and go, 
hey, how'd I do that? So that's what I I try to teach people. Start from the beginning and make it a habit, connect it to your business and watch it all grow together. Absolutely. And if I may, that that just speaks to your character, Tom. Like you're the type of person that I seek to do business with. When I know that there are people that are out there doing good in the community, it's so easy to ignore the problems that are around us. Um, But the relationships help build us as who we are, like your brand. I would be nothing without the people that support my brands. Um, it's nothing that Sam Anderson's doing. It's a combination of a, a great deal of people. And the further along I get, the more important I, I see that it is to give back to others. You know, once you reach different levels in your life, and it doesn't have to be financial. It could be health, health wise. Um, you know, it could just be the knowledge base that you have. You know, it's your responsibility that once you attain any level of these things, that you go out and pay it forward. Well, Sam, I am so glad that a couple of tweets went flying a few days ago and that you agreed to just jump on and be a guest here on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure to learn about you, your businesses, and to have you share your ideas with the audiences of cool things entrepreneurs do. Thank you, Tom. This, this has been an absolute blast, buddy. Hey, and to those of you who are listening, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. A couple of quick things. If you want to join the group coaching program, by the time this show's airs, I bet, I hope, I will actually have information up on, on my website at TomSinger, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R dot com. Uh, up until now, it's been in the planning stages. I've been saying email me and some people have been emailing. But I think by the time this show drops, we'll actually have a web page on TomSinger.com that'll talk about the Cool Things Project. For those of you who feel like maybe your career is stuck in the high middle and you want to jump out and do your own thing, maybe be a solopreneur or start your own business, we're going to put together a group where you can talk about this in a safe and secure and supportive environment. So jump over and do that. For those of you who regularly listen to the show, you know I always talk about I need to get more positive reviews because that's how the show gets found. So just do me a favor. It takes like three minutes on your iPhone to jump over and and search for cool things and and go and leave a five-star or four-star review and just say what you like about the show. If you don't like the show, my guess is you haven't listened all the way to the end, so therefore I'm not worried about people giving a bad review because you wouldn't be listening right now. But uh, I only want the good reviews, so go do that. But uh, it's always a pleasure to do this show, so we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Sam. But in the meantime, I want all of you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.